What's going on, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com and Beckett. I am actually feeding Beckett breakfast right now, so I figured now would be a good time to drop a little podcast action on you here. So uh, I wanted to talk about um, my latest pickup and, and maybe do a little bit of educating for people out here that might not know that this piece existed. So let me tell you about the 1899 and 1900M101-1 Sporting News uh, supplement. Now, that might sound semi-familiar to you all. Maybe you've heard of the M101-2s. I just picked up a few of them, uh, I believe, maybe a month or two ago. One was the Shoeless Joe Jackson. Uh, one was an Honest Wagner with Ty Cobb shaking hands at the 1909 World Series. Another was Walter Johnson with his mentor, Gabby Street. And guys, like these pieces are phenomenal. They're beautiful, oversized pieces that have been encapsulated by PSA. I love them tons. And they capture uh, these baseball players in a way that the baseball cards just can't quite get to. So they are amazing to display and to have, and I just love them. Uh, so if you recall a month or two ago, I did a podcast on those where I was actually going on, uh, an auction house and almost, uh, was able to pick up a near set, which is unheard of. I mean, these, there's like about a hundred of them or so, and they're like 96, 97, 98 in this one lot. Sadly, I missed out and uh, I was really bummed about that. But a couple weeks later, the guy that won them. Uh, broke them up, sold them on eBay, and I was able to get the three that I talked to you about before. Uh, and so I was super happy about it. So um, now the, the, with as rare as these M101-2s from 1909 to 1913 are, uh, they're actually not the first. That's why there's the two moniker at the end. The first one, the granddaddy, is the M101-1. Now I heard rumblings of... Uh, this 19th century uh, type of uh, card, if you will, and it's not really card, they're oversized, um, from somebody, and I don't recall exactly what was where I heard it at first, but um, uh, I heard that there was a Napoleon Lajouet rookie in the 1899 M101-1 series. That floored me, guys, because like when I think of Lajouet, if you're into you know pre-war stuff, you might think of Lajouet also as the guy that... Uh, the you know Cleveland Spiders slash Indians named their team after for a while, so they were the Cleveland Naps for a while. You think of him as uh, with contemporaries of uh, Walter Johnson, Christy Mathewson, Ty Cobb, Honest Wagner, a lot of these um, early 1900 players. Not necessarily 19th century though. So whenever I think 19th century baseball, what do I think of? I think of Cap Anson. King Kelly, Roger Connor, Buck Ewing, Timothy Keefe. I think of all these superstars that, you know, were like the very first guys that are like that, that gained superstardom in, in our, in our uh, sport. And so uh, when I think of Lajouet and like Tris Speaker and Honest Wagner, uh, Three Fingers Brown, all these guys, I think of them like as, you know, T206 guys, if that makes sense. Uh, the guys that, um, first came onto the scene when the white borders did, you know, for, you know, or the T205s or the candy cards, you know, I just, uh, I don't really know. I, I, I think of them as 1910s guys. Well, so when I heard that a Napoleon Lajouet, uh, had in 1899 M101-1, I was just 
floored. It's like one of those fun things that you know you'll never see them. You'll, you'll never see one of these pieces. Uh, but to know that they exist is, is really kind of cool because uh, it kind of intermingles the two baseball periods, 19th century and turn of the century. Uh, so that's why what I laid my eyes upon uh, a few weeks ago just knocked me off my feet. I was uh, on social media and somebody uh, brought up something about Honest Wagner <laughs> and somebody posted a picture of this 1899 M101-1 Honest Wagner. I go, what on earth am I looking at? So there he is as a third baseman, a third base 25-year-old for the Louisville team. Go, what? I had zero ideas that any 19th century pieces existed for Honest Wagner. And uh, so that, like, with as, as crazy as, as the, the Lajway revelation was, this Wagner thing was, like, way on a different level. And because, like, that's, you know, he was considered to be the absolute best player in baseball for quite a while. As a matter of fact, um, you know, during the, the matchup of him and his Pirates against the uh, Detroit Tigers and Ty Cobb in the 1909 World Series, this was a clash of the Titans situation. And Honest Wagner whooped up like he did way better than Ty Cobb in that World Series. Um, that was probably more of a passing the torch moment because Ty Cobb ended up, uh, you know, being known for a long time as being the greatest player in baseball uh, history ever. So, um, anyways, Honest Wagner had that uh, had that name for quite a while, and so obviously he's got the most recognized name in the hobby for having the most famous baseball card in the hobby ever, the T206 Honest Wagner. So when I saw something that was uh, that predated the T206 by at least a decade, I mean, I just think, I was thinking, why is this guy posting this? Like, this should be in a museum. This is insanity, <laughs> you know, to see something like this. And so, uh, you know, and he's, he's uh, in a suit and tie and, it's just everything about it's amazing. Everything about it's amazing. So I started to do some research and I reached out to the guy. I'm like, man, uh, like if you're selling this, like I'd like to hear a little bit about it. Not that I can get it or whatever, but I'd love to, love to hear what you have to say about it. And everything goes, yeah, it is for sale. And so he gives me a price. And so uh, I was like agonizing about this for about a week. You know, like going back and forth in my mind going to sleep, I had it on my mind. And so ultimately, um, we came to a deal and uh, I have it now. I am the proud owner of an 1899 Honest Wagner rookie. And uh, so I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call it a rookie card. There are many people out there that would call it a rookie card, but it's not really a card uh, because it's uh, eight and three quarters inches by 11 inches. It's a large thing. And it's been encapsulated by BVG. Um, you know, which is really neat. Also, it presents beautifully um, in all of the history of the auction houses that have sold these. Uh, I've only seen six others and three of them have like significant amounts of uh, paper loss. And when I say paper loss, I'm not talking about like little spots or anything. I'm talking about like massive chunks of the paper gone or perhaps the center por portion was literally cut out. Um, and, you know, still, when you see a lot of these, there are people that will have 
uh, put tacks through them um, so they can hang them on the walls or, you know, just all kinds of different condition issues. And really, it's a piece that it really kind of doesn't matter because it's, it is history. It's super rare. It's like wildly rarer than the T206 Wagner, for instance. Um, you know, there's, you know, a number of those uh, that have sold at the at auction houses um, in the past several years. Um, and so I think there's supposed to be 50 or 60 or so T206 Wagners out there. Um, there's no real, there's not really me telling how many of the M101-1 Wagners there are out there. Um, to tell you, as far as distribution goes, Sporting News, they actually inserted these in their magazines back in the 19th century. Uh, and the Honest Wagner, for instance, was issued in one magazine one day. It was August 19th, 1899. That was it. So... Uh, you couldn't have gotten it on August 18th. You couldn't have gotten it on August 20th. Uh, August 19th, that was your shot. And if you didn't um, take it out and keep it or whatever, and you just threw it away with the rest of the papers, and then that's it. You know, it's gone. And uh, so it's a, it's a magnificent piece. It's, uh, you know, huge. You know, it's an excellent display piece. And the thing that's really kind of neat is I also have uh, the... 1910 E90-2 Wagner. That's why I consider, or why I've called the the Candy Wagner. Um, it's got the same Carl Horner portrait that the T206 is based off of, uh, and it's got a blue background instead of like the yellowish background that the T206 has. Same size as the T206, also by the way. I think it's pretty close, at least. I think it's probably going to be the same. But um, beautiful card. It's a striking card, and I was really looking forward to uh, uh, to actually. Uh, display it with the Honest Wagner rookie. And so they look magnificent together. Like they just look great together. Now, the thing that's interesting is I went back in my sales data and I literally just found this out yesterday, guys. Like this is fun. Um, the E90 2 Wagner, I bought it uh, on August 19th, 2019. Uh, that date might sound. Uh, uh, familiar to you because I literally just said August 19th. That's when the Honest Wagner Rookie was released, when it was produced, August 19th, 1899. So I bought my E90-2 Honest Wagner literally exactly 120 years later to the day from when the Honest Wagner Rookie was, was produced. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I think that's... Oh, you think that's funny too, Beckett, huh? <laughs> Beckett thinks it's funny also. Um, it's crazy though. Like it's crazy because some of these things keep happening to me and uh, it's just it's just fun little coincidences. I guess the more you look into this stuff, the more coincidences, uh, coincidences can uh, show themselves, I suppose. I suppose. But 120-year um, gap like to the day is pretty phenomenal to me. It's like over a century. And uh, yeah, yeah, I know you think it's funny, huh? Um, but it was just really incredible. And so, like I said, they look, uh, they look great together. Um, and, uh, you know, super, super rare. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's something, <laughs> sorry guys, Becca is, is distracting me here. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the neat thing is, is, uh, uh, in 1898 and 1899, I believe there's a company called the National Copper Plate Company. Um, they actually produced, uh, like Sporting News uh, contracted out to uh, uh, to these or to uh, a National Copper Plate Company to produce these, and so. Uh, but the National Copper Plate Company, they actually produced and, and uh, 
uh, offered these to uh, to the public, if I remember correctly. Possibly 1898, possibly 1899. I'm not really sure or clear of the date. But either way, they're very similar pieces. Uh, the National Copper Plate Company pieces, a lot of times will also have like uh, holes uh, that are uh, punched on the left-hand side because they're in a binder or a portfolio of sorts. And, uh, you know, you almost consider... Because somebody asked me about this. Well, wouldn't those be considered the rookie, his rookie instead? They're, they're both considered, uh, considered Wagner's rookie along with the other guys that are in the set as well. I think uh, like Lajway is considered his rookie, uh, Rube Waddell, I think. And there's some other guys as well that are you know, pretty heavy hitters. Um, but anyway, so like it's, it's almost you think of one is rookie 1A and the other is his rookie 1B. Or similar, so um, you know, so they're both considered as rookie, but they're and they're both very uh, like their sister sets, I guess you could say that they are. But um, really impressive pieces, you know. So if you get a chance, like every now and then you'll see some on eBay. Like there's a few on eBay now. Uh, I feel like uh, Cy Young uh, went uh, sold on eBay recently. Actually, it had paper, you know, like a lot of paper taken off it. But again, when it comes to these pieces, it's not really yet. Uh, massive concern um now the neat thing is with mine it's probably in the top two or three uh you know that i've ever seen as far as uh, condition goes like it's uh very presentable it looks very nice presents very well so um it does have the uh uh the altered designation on um on the flip uh for you know the bvg encapsulation that it has uh and so I don't really like a whole lot of altered quote unquote cards. Um, I give this one a an easy pass uh, on that because uh, I mean I want to I have no problems with it. <laughs> so to clarify, uh, because this uh, was actually notated by the auction house that it was given to a professional conservator. Uh, conservator, I think that's the uh, I think that's the name. But um, anyways, to to take care of it, make sure it's uh, cleaned up a bit and. It was, I think of it more as a restoration um, of an art piece or a historical piece than I do a baseball card. So a lot of times when you see altered, it's because somebody was doing something nefariously to try to dupe the new seller into thinking that it was in better condition than it really was. That's not the case with this piece. So this is like literally uh, was given to a professional person to do this to make sure, by the auction house, by the way, uh, to make sure that it you know is restored as uh, as nicely as possible, and they did a great job, guys. Like, super happy with how uh, how everything turned out with it. But um, anyway, so uh, the neat thing is also about this piece is that this was produced during a dead period of baseball card collecting, and you've heard me talk about this a lot before. the 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 color lithography boom in America uh, happened in around like the eighteen seventies, I think, and Ultimately, um, it made its way through uh, advertising and, and, and eventually these things called baseball cards in the mid to late 1880s. And so that's really when our hobby, for the most part, on a, for the most part on a national perspective, started. Uh, 1887, 1888, 1889, those are good baseball card years. The ATC, American Tobacco Company, formed and joined everybody together. And guess what? There's no need to advertise anymore with baseball cards. So baseball cards almost all but exist, uh, cease to exist. So from 1890 on, you don't really have anything until, uh, except for a, a couple scattered uh, 
uh, issues here and there, like just a, just a couple though, for the next 20 years until the time period when the T206 uh, cards were created, which is when, you know, around the time when the American Tobacco Company was split up by the government, if I remember correctly. So, well, we can't, uh, we have competition again. We got to start advertising again. And that's what happened. And so, you know, baseball cards have never looked back uh, since that point. But there's literally a, you know, a two decade time period uh, when cards were just gone, you know. And, and so, you know, sad too, because like a lot of everybody, you know, in the 1880s loved these baseball cards. They were wild about them. So, and then as soon as they, Got there, they were they're gone shortly thereafter, and then uh, then you have this neat little uh, supplement that Sporting News uh, puts out, and it's like significantly larger uh, than a baseball card. And it's it's if I remember correctly, it's actually the first issue that has uh, that features like a, a card item type that uh, features Major League Baseball players with their biographies on the back. Um, so this is, they do have a lot of similarities to baseball cards themselves, but. Anyway, so you imagine somebody uh, that collects baseball cards in the late 1880s, and they're just so sad that they're gone. And then 1895, Mayo's Cut Plug uh, has, a, has a card they're excited, then nothing. You know, and then uh, four years later, 1899, Sporting News comes out with these, and they're like, wow, these are something amazing. They are huge. And so... Uh, as collectors, you could imagine that they'd be like super happy about this. Um, that is if people really remembered much about baseball cards from the decade before. Because as you probably know, like I do too, um, a 10-year gap is a really big deal. Um, it's a really big deal. Uh, if you think, because in fact, a lot of us collectors uh, have taken 10 years off from you know the time of our childhood to adulthood to come back. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen during that time, right? Well, maybe that happened with uh, people over a hundred years ago when it came to collecting. I just don't know. Um, but uh, anyways, in any, any event, it's a, it's a neat history piece. It's a neat art piece. Um, so happy to have it. I just, I can't believe that's not still, that's not in like a museum somewhere. I and mean, uh, that's uh, which is kind of neat because that's really kind of a goal. Uh, that I'd like to have for the, for the pieces that I have. I'd love to have some that not necessarily that they're going to be like perfect graded and, you know, worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's, that's not going <laughs> to, that's not going to ever happen, but to have a representation of things like this, that, you know, in my opinion, are museum worthy is, is really kind of a neat thing. It's uh, it, you know, you feel like you have something really, really special and, uh, you know, super happy have it. And so, uh, and, 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 you know, it's funny also is I actually posted a, um, an article about this with a lot of pictures yesterday. And as I'm taking pictures, I've got, uh, my cabinet set up with the cubbies and everything. And so you see the, uh, M101-1 Wagner rookie, you see the M101-2, uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson and, and the Walter Johnson, the Wagner Cobb, and then you see some of the 1889 Goodwin A35 rounds uh, that I did the custom work in, and uh, you know you see the Allen and Ginter set, and so all these. And I'm looking at my at my cabinet. I'm thinking, just how funny. I'm just kind of laughing because not too long ago those cubbies were filled with Jose Canseco baseball cards. You know, like the world's largest unique baseball card collection of Canseco. You know, and. Uh, it's really funny. It's really funny to think how things change. Um, 
And so obviously um, I'm way happier with what I have now, even though as, uh, as super excited I was with the Canseco collection, I just uh, am light years happier now. Not just because of the content of what's in my cubbies now, but because I've been able to uh, not completely give up Canseco stuff. As you know, my last podcast said, I actually bought out a couple of Canseco super collectors. Um, it's, it's that I'm focusing not on getting everything of Canseco. It's just focusing on getting the cards I really love of Canseco. And so guess what? Uh, because I've done that, there's been afforded to me a large um, uh, gap of being able to uh, pick up these other really, really neat pieces of baseball history that I've just, uh, that I've just fallen in love with, really, to be honest with you. So, And uh, I think that comes at a great time for me, personally. I'm not really too thrilled with a lot of what's going on with Major League Baseball right now, and that's a whole other <laughs> whole other ball of wax, and I uh, probably don't want to get into that here. Uh, but um, it, it, is, it is interesting to, to note that in spite of what's going on in the world today, whether it be politically driven or you think that Major League Baseball is making some terrible moves or you're just turned off by what they're what they're doing. Um, we still have, uh, you know, we don't have to boycott, you know, baseball uh, history or whatever. We still have well over a century of amazing baseball history to look back on and to love and enjoy and read about and collect from. And uh, I think a lot of us collectors, we get uh, wrapped up in, hey, when's the newest Allen and Ginter going to drop? When, what about Stadium Club? What about Five Star? Uh, what about Immaculate or Flawless, National Treasure? Like all of these things. And, and the thing is, is like this guy's like is like literally the tip of the iceberg. Like there's there's so much more baseball card uh, collecting to be done from yesteryear that that's completely apart from all of the craziness that's going on in today's society and the game, frankly. So um, and don't get me wrong, I, I think it's a. Uh, a very unique and interesting season. So like it's wild uh, to see like these cutouts of the players in the stands and, uh, and hearing the recorded uh, calls of the, uh, of, you know, the fans that are actually just, you know, from uh, speakers. I mean, that's, that whole thing is amazing to me. Um, and uh, it's definitely a season I won't soon forget. I don't think any of them, any of us will forget soon, but um in any event, like I said, there are some things that I, that I enjoy about the season. There are some things I really dislike. And uh, regardless of where you sit, there's some hardliners that are, say, that are saying, like, I'm not going to uh, support baseball at all. Uh, I'm not even going to see a, a single game, which is unfortunate, you know, but uh, because there's some crazy things going on. But uh, completely understandable. I hear you if you're in that situation. But in spite of this, like I said, you know, you can – you can read up on like the 1909 World Series or the batting race between Ty Cobb and Napoleon Lajoie in 1910. I mean, all of these things are like so wildly fascinating. Like they're captivating. You can, you can really kind of rabbit hole yourself in, into these kinds of, uh, um, into these stories and just get lost. You know, you, you won't even have to worry about, you know, what, uh, what's going on in baseball these days. So anyways, so that's my, uh, that's my story for today. Um, hope you all enjoyed it and yeah, check out my website, tanmanbaseballfan.com and click the blog link to see my latest article, at least a couple articles actually of the, uh, Canseco collections I bought out as well as, uh, this honest wagon rookie. 
Uh, thank you, everybody, again, as always, for listening. I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your weekend.